morning, everyone. If you are a visitor, you're really, really welcome. It's really great to have you with us today. My name is Mavash Asush, introduce me, and uh, we are going through the series called In Christ. And today we are going to looking at In Christ, I'm a Masterpiece. But let's start with raising a question. Have you ever asked yourself, how does God view you? Have you, have you ever asked that question yourself? I remember my friend Mona, I don't know if she's here now. Um, Mona asked that question when she was at FP, and she heard her experience. When she cried and prayed and asked God, God, how do you see me? Who am I in your eyes? And God clearly answered Mona, and God says that you are my daughter, and I'm your father. The answer came from Bible. Mona asked that question, and I think maybe you asked that question as well. But for some people around the world, or some people maybe here, that question is unimportant. Some, some individuals like myself, before I came to Christ, they thought that God is unreachable, and God is not connected to the humanity. And do you know that the, the problem with that wisdom, that human wisdom is that it denies what we learn from God through the Bible. From the beginning of the Bible till the end, God is really closely and thoughtfully involved with his human, involved with his creations. When we started the Bible in the Genesis, the first page of the Bible, he says that God used his words to create the world. And in Genesis 1, verse 3, God says that it is good. In Genesis 1, 10 says it is good. And then... Genesis 1, 12, 18, 21, 25, God says, it is good. God used his words, and he was so happy with his creations. He was involved with his creations. And then he made Adam and Eve in his image. And now God looks upon creations, and he says completely different things. He said, it is very good. When God created Adam and Eve, he said, it is very good. And then God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. God trusted them, gave them their responsibility. But evil came and stains God's creations by sin. Evil came and brought the disobedience in Adam and Eve's heart. The devil brought the divisions between God and human. God is holy. God is really, really holy. But devil is not holy. That's why the separations started. God wasn't happy with that sin. And God says, that's the time I have to kick you out from the garden. God kicked Adam and Eve out from the garden. And do you think that's the end of the story? No, that just was two pages of the Bible. Just two first pages of the Bible. And it's so beautiful when we read those stories and we realize how God was involved with his creation. But God loves his creations. God really, really loved his creations that it was good. And still loves his creations, nevertheless of sin's stains. God hates sin, but loves his creations. Even if they are, they are, they are doing bad things, still God loves them. Evil brought division between God and us from our original place in his kingdom. But God sees you and I far away from evil's um, um, plan. And God says that, I'm, going, I'm coming to restore. I'm going to restore that relationship. So that question again, how does God see you? 
through all those involvements, how God sees you and I. If you have a Bible, please open your Bible and turn to Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we shall walk in them. It's called you workmanship. When we look at the terms used in Ephesians 2, verse 10, we find different translations using in the different words. The NIV calls us God's handiwork. The ASV calls us God's workmanship. The ESV calls us God's accomplishment. The NLT calls us God's masterpiece. I love all of them, especially the last one. God calls us masterpiece. And the Greek word behind all those translations is poema, which literally comes from the word work of art, poem. The English word comes from poema, the Greek word poem. You are God's poem. You are God's masterpiece. Each of you, that you believe in Jesus Christ, you are God's poem. But it's really hard to see that, isn't it? It's really hard when you wake up and hear all those heartbroken news, when you see those people killed in the war, when you see all those abused in the war, when you wake up and hear the bad news again and again and again and again, and you ask yourself, is that the masterpiece? Is that the creation that God created, and is it the masterpiece? And, and really hard, it's really hard when you go back to your um, sin, to the pattern of your own sin, again and again, the sin that you thought is already gone away. But you realize that, no, you just go, go, go back to your sin. And it's really hard to see that masterpiece pattern in all those tragedies. While the Bible proclaims the truth that you are masterpiece, I masterpiece, God's creation is masterpiece, also the Bible proclaims that truth that we are masterpiece stained by sin. That's the truth from the Bible. For some beliefs around the world, it's not the case at all. I was talking to my brother on the phone, and we were talking about God's plan and salvation. My brother is not Christian yet. And, and, and he said that, Mavash, I don't think that we had the inherited sin from Adam and Eve. There, there wasn't any sin from the beginning. Why do I need the salvation? When we see that God's creations stand by sin, it's not the case for some beliefs. But the Bible clearly, clearly explains that. The Bible says, It is the fault and corruptions of the nature of every man that naturally is case of the offspring of Adam. Every man who came from Adam's, um, it's, it's far away from the original righteousness. And therefore, every person born into these world deserves God's anger and judgment. It's really scary. When you think that the God that loves his creation, he's angry, and he's going to bring the judgment. But however, the good news, the reality of the good news, the Bible is that. The Bible says, God who created masterpiece also restores his masterpiece. He's restored his masterpiece that's broken by sin. Our God is an active God. He reaches his hands to restore you and I. He uses his tools to make a beautiful poem out of nothing. Does he need those tools? I don't think so. 
in the first, those first pages, in the beginning of the Bible, he says that God used his words, and, and he said it's good. God doesn't need those tools, but God gave the privilege to the people to be with him in that journey to bring, to, to introduce the salvation. God spoke to Adam, Elijah, in the right time. He sent Moses. He gave the law to his people in the right time. He sent judges. He sent prophets. He sent kings. He responds to the prayers of his children in the right time. He provides for his people in the desert for 40 years. Can you believe it? For 40 years, God provides for them in his time, in the right time. And in the very, very, very right time, in Christ, he came to the earth to live with you and I, to show you and I his love, to teach us his love, his mercy, and his compassion love. He came to redeem us and to bring us back to the original place that we had in the garden, in his kingdom. Jesus, fully human and fully God, came to the, to the, to the earth and, and voluntarily sacrificed himself on the cross. He died on the cross, but God raised him from the dead. That's the good news. He sent his Holy Spirit to you and I that we can receive it and we can walk through that Holy Spirit. We prayed this morning in the prayer meeting and John Kearney reminds us that we need the Spirit of Holy Spirit. We need to drink the Spirit of Holy Spirit every day. God gave us the Holy Spirit to use it. God is not a distant God. Our God is not unreachable. He's not distant. The creator of all things loves his creation. And he's, he's actively working to redeem that creation that was broken and damaged by sin, by human sin. It means that as extent as you may have come, through Christ and God's Spirit, you are being restored as masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. But now, suppose you can make a joke, and you can say that, how good an artist God must be if you and I are his masterpiece. <laughs> you, might, you might make a joke. You might say, I believe that God is good. God is a good artist, but it works for others. It doesn't work for me. You might say, God, really? Could you do better with me? Could you just make, make me much beautiful, better? Give me better gifts of the Holy Spirit, maybe? Or we might say, I believe that I'm a poem from God, but we've got good poems and bad poems, and I'm one of those bad poems. And I totally agree. We've got bad poems in the world. According to Michael Jackson, there are about 100 short bad poems. And I searched that online. Let's see one of those. It says, pie is good, pie is great, let us all eat pie today. That's a bad point. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine Surush's version? Yeah. <laughs> kebab is good. Kebab is great. Let us all eat kebab today. That's yeah. Surush's version. <laughs> yes, you are right. There are bad poems created by human knowledge. But it's not true at all by God's creation. God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make bad poems. Everything that God made is beautiful. We can, we can read it in Psalm um, 139, 
verse 3 and 14. It says that how beautiful God made you from the beginning and fearfully and wonderfully made you, and you are so beautiful. God says that, declare that in the Bible, that God beautifully made you, and there wasn't any mistakes in his creation. And do you know how precious you are in God's eyes now? You are God's masterpiece. You are God's beautiful poem. Our God is an active God. He is active to redeem us, to protect us. And in the same way, we've got the enemy. Enemy is active. Also, he's very active to bring division. I think there is a time, maybe it's happened for all of us, that, that we are not happy with ourselves. We are not happy with our appearance, with our nationality. We are not happy with our achievement, or we are not happy with our ministry. The time that evil brings distractions to us to follow the boards and celebrity culture. The time that really, really he comes and confuses us in our identity in God. And we really get confused. Who am I? What, what is my identity? The time that we really disconnected to the main resource, which is God, we really get confused. The time that regardless of your attempts and try in your life, always you hear that voice. He says, you are so short, you are tall, you are not beautiful, you are fat, you are useless, you are mistakes from the beginning. All the time you can hear that voice from enemy that goes to your ears that you are useless, you haven't got enough, you haven't got enough. You haven't got enough because you, deserve, you don't deserve to have enough. Have you ever heard those voices in your life that God came to restore you from those voices? Have you ever heard those voices that you are not good, you are not, you are not deserved to have a good grade in a school, you are not deserved to have a good job, you don't deserve to have that, you don't deserve to have that because you are, haven't got enough? That's the time that enemy comes. Enemy comes to bring the division, to, to distract you of what you are in God's place. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, verse 10, it says that we've got an enemy who accuse us day and night. But it's not the end of the verse. The verse continue and present us to the victory of Jesus Christ. Let's read it together. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvations and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come, have come. For the accused of our brothers have been thrown down, who accused them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not the leaves even unto death. Enemy brings divisions, but God brings unity. Enemy brought stands, but Jesus' blood washed those stands. Washed those stands to recreate you and I to do the good works for God. To do the good works for God's glory. Enemy accuse you not being good and leads you to compare yourself and to pretend to be someone that you are not. Always enemy comes to, 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 to grab you that you can compare yourself with someone else. I come from a culture that my country is one of the top countries in the world performing plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery. According to ITV News, Tehran, the capital of Iran, is the nose job capital of the world. <laughs> that was in the news. <laughs> and it's true. 
it's true. A doctor who's leading the, the surgery, uh, the Iranian cosmetic surgery, he's doing four operations a day, five to six days per week. Just one doctor from one place, one surgery. And I believe it is because they are not happy with themselves. They are not happy with the way that God created them. Here's the testimony from someone who's done the, 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 the plastic surgery. She said, I, have, I never thought I have an operation, but when my mo mother and sister got their nose done, it was contagious. I know some famous surgeons asked for up $6,000 for a simple nose job. And she said, that, that's true. It happens, not just in Iran, around the world. People are not happy with themselves. They take themselves under the knife of doctors because they are not happy with how God created them. But we read in Isaiah 29:16, when it says that, shall Clark um, ask, say his, his maker that you didn't make me or you didn't know anything? Do we have to say our God, our creations, that when you made me, you didn't know anything? God, you didn't know, you didn't have any knowledge that was mistakes. You made, you made mistakes in my creations. No, we don't do that because our God is the best artist in the world. Our God is the best creator. He doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't make junk. God makes the beautiful, beautiful creation. And sometimes it gets really, really hostile when that pretending comes to our church and in our ministry. The time that we are not happy with our gifts that given by Holy Spirit to us. The time that we compare ourselves always with others individually as, as, and as a church. Maybe I can have a volunteer just, just use that comparison. And Karen, can I have you please just come and stand next to me to see how dangerous it is to, do the com to compare ourselves with someone else. For example, if I want to compare myself to Karen, I can say that um, Karen, she's fit. I'm not fit, I'm chunky, chunky. a bit chunky, <laughs> but she's fit. Okay? She's, she's very creative. I'm not creative. See those boxes. I can see that that box doesn't tick. The second box, um, she, she's got the curly hair. I've got the curly hair. Good. One box, one box tick. She's taller. I'm not that tall. She's very creative. She's got different um, um, Holy Spirit gifts. I haven't got those. But do I need to compare myself to her? No. God created her beautifully. Yeah. Created her a beautiful poem in her, which is different of me. God created a beautiful poem in me, which is completely different of her. God gave her a different um, personality, different characters. She's coming from different nations. I'm coming from different nations. Maybe I can tick that box. Yeah? <laughs> Sometimes we, we can compare ourselves that we, we, we're really ashamed of our nationality. Sometimes it happens. We say that I wish I wasn't Iranian. I wish I wasn't English. I wish I wasn't Eritrean. But that's from enemy. It's not from God. God created you in where you are so beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> and pretending is dishonest. And it's so exciting. It makes you tired when you try to pretend and compare yourself with others. It's about seeking identity in the perceptions of others to see how much others they can prove me. 
how much others they can give me a value that I can meet those value. I remember that sentence from Simon's talk that he said, sometimes as Christians, we jump quickly to our needs. We quickly we jump. It's not the time, but quickly we jump to our needs. The time that you think you haven't got enough, you jump quickly to your needs and to your heart's desire. And are you still not impressed with yourself as a masterpiece? If you are sitting here and inside your heart you say that, that was a nice talk, but no, it doesn't work for me. I'm not a masterpiece. Do you know why? Because you are looking at your work. You think that you created yourself and you saved yourself. But the Bible doesn't say that. Bible says that God created you. Everything is his work. And his art of work is extremely beautiful. God's, God's poem is beautiful. But we are human. Our work is not beautiful as God's work. You are masterpiece to do the good things for God's glory. You are masterpiece not by your good work, but for good work. If you're thinking that you are not good enough because you think that you haven't done good enough. Can I ask the band please to come? The worship band. There is a writer, a Christian writer, Eric Ries, um, got a book called Shape. And, and, and he said in, in his book, you were not created to conform, you were not created to compare. You were not created to compete, you were not created to compromise. You were created to contribute to God's kingdom and make a significant difference in your life. You were created just be you. Each of us, God created us just to be as we are. Then Jubilee, allow God to work on you today that you can discover your unique beauty and intended purpose for serving God here on earth. Let's, let's live for the good work which God prepared for you beforehand, which he designed for you to walk on that. Salvation in Jesus Christ is not your work. It didn't come from your work. It didn't come from your religions. It comes from God. And God made you, God saves you to make you, to, 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 to restore that masterpiece, that broken white seed. But God came and restored you to do the good works for him. Your creation and recreation is a free gift. It's a salvation through your faith to God. And that's a free gift from God. It's not your achievement. It's completely God's achievement. That's why there is no room for you and I, for humans, to say that that was my value. No, our salvation is God's value and it's God's achievement. We didn't do anything. The only things that we've done we trusted him, and we said, yes, Jesus, we trust you. God recreated and saved you for a purpose, and it's to do the good work. We can repeat that hundred times for ourselves in our life, that the purpose of my life is to do the good work for God, for his glory. God asks you to walk in that path to the good work that he prepared for you. Previously, before we came to Christ, we walked in guilt, shame, sin, that devil has trapped us. But now we are walking and we are living in the good work that God has prepared for us. 
And it's about the contrast between two lifestyles, isn't it? The contrast between evil and good. And behind all those two, there are two masters, the devil and God. And now we can think, I'm a masterpiece. Do I have to walk in my previous path or do I have to walk in my new life? You could possibly have affected, sometimes you can say that what, what, what affected that such a change, that contrast, what did brought that change? The answer is that the mercy and the power and the grace of God, nothing else. Grace of God made you as a masterpiece to do the good work for him. Each of us, we've got the gift of Holy Spirit. Each of us, we can hear God. Each of us, we can go in our gift, the gift of Holy Spirit. And let's use those gifts for God's glory. Let's use them to go outside to the broken world that Satan brought tent, to go there and remind those people that they don't know God, they don't know Jesus, remind them how much they need Jesus to restore them, how much they need Jesus to redeem them. Let's remind the world that they got freely offered them the original place that they had in the garden, in his kingdom. Let's remind them that they don't need to do anything. The only thing that they need to do, the only contribution is their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Jubilee, let's live as a masterpiece and pass it on to the next generation. I thought we can respond with worship and we can pray. If you are confused with your identity, if you think that you are a bad poem, we can pray for you. We can pray that God reminds you the purpose that he has got for you. To remind you that God created you beautiful as a masterpiece. Or you might, you, you might come to Christ recently. Maybe you are a new believer and all those things is like a foreign language. You say, I don't understand. What does this mean? We can pray for you that God gives you his knowledge that God gives you the power that you can grow in your understanding of God's uh, kingdom and God's purpose. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Thank you. You can now.